Reach Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our Sunday morning service with Pastor Mondo Luna of Resonate Church LA. His message is entitled, His Plan is My Purpose. Enjoy this message. Yeah, you know, uh, thank you for, for what my wife, I agree with everything she just said. Um, it is an honor to be here in the house today. And this is, uh, and I was sharing yesterday at the volunteer uh, luncheon or the thank you luncheon that I got married in this facility here. Yeah, 30 years ago, I got married. Actually, this past July 27 was 30 years. Yeah, you can clap for that, man. 30 years. Um, and, and it's been a blessing. And it, the, the stage was on that side. And uh, there were there were no, I don't think there was any, yeah, there was carpet. It wasn't really nice carpet, but there was carpet. And uh, there had met, we had metal chairs. Sister Letha, you remember that? We had metal chairs. They had a big banner. It says Vision for the 90s. And, and I just, it was just all kind of, it was, I, actually, I think Pastor Omar was actually leading worship. I mean, I, I mean he, and he's a great worship leader. Uh, we had one drummer. And it just, and, and to see what's happened over the past 30 years has been absolutely amazing. But I don't take anything that God has done for granted in my life. It's a miracle that we're here today. Amen. It, it really, it's a miracle. You're, as a matter of fact, tell your neighbor, it's a miracle that you're here. Yeah. I know you think you're here because you're really good at what you do in life. Uh, it's by the grace of God that we're here, man. That's, that's really what it is. And I, I, before I even get started, I, I, of course, I want to thank my lovely wife, 30 years being faithful and working together in the ministry. It's not easy to do ministry together because, you know, how many know that, uh, you know, as, as a man, we think a little differently. We have a little bit of a different temperament and we, we want to do certain things a certain way. And the women are a little different. Can I get an amen from the ladies? Any? And, uh, and sometimes, you know, having to blend that together, but that's the greatness of, of marriage is that, you know, God says, takes two different people, different personalities, says, you guys got to work this out, man, work it out. And for my glory. And so I want to thank my wife, my family, my kids. Um, I love, I'm a grandpa, grandpa. I got five grandkids. I'm a, I want to, I love my grandkids and, uh, you know, they cost me a lot of money though, man. I'm like broke cause my grandkids now, but. Uh, that's all good though. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my pastors, my spiritual parents, Pastor Omar, Sister Letty. Can we give them a hand? I, I, I feel like I'm speaking at a conference right now, just giving all these shout outs, but I, I really do want to thank them. Um, and I, like I said yesterday, part, part of what you see here is a mantle that's been placed on our pastors that, uh, it, you know, one of the great things about uh, the man of God and the woman of God is that when he puts that mantle on, it's, it's to lead out in front and, and the rest of us will follow that. And you can't, you won't follow somebody you don't trust. That's just, that's just the truth. The reason why there's such a great revival here, because there's a, there's a, such a strong element of trust you have for the leadership of this organization, this church. And because of that, you trust them. Uh, you know that they're leading you in the direction that won't harm you. And, and they're, and I, I can strongly say over the past 30 years, our pastors have led with the utmost integrity character. Come on. I know Pastor Omar, he's in Kansas City. If you watch this later, I want to give you a shout. I'll tell you how much I love and appreciate and I'm so grateful. We are so grateful for you and Sister Letty and all that you've done for us and our family throughout the years and uh, what God is doing here at the Reach Church, Paramount. Come on, give yourselves a hand for this, this church, this fellowship. All right, I'm going to keep you on the keys a little longer. Is that okay? Everybody, Daisy, tell, just give her a hand. Give her a hand, man. I kind of you know, that's, that's the, uh, the awesome thing is when, you know, when I, I shared, I sound a little more spiritual when we have a little bit of background music, right? A little more. And, uh, but, but I do want to get into the word today. Are you guys ready to get into the word today? I, I you know, I want to share this thought and this thought that I have 
is, is something that God has really been, been putting on my heart um, for some time. And, and I've entitled this message, His Plan is My Purpose. And I want you to look at your neighbor and say, it's all about His plan. Tell them. You know, I, I've, if you ever gotten some stuff maybe for Christmas time and you got to put something together, I'm really bad at putting things together. I do need direction. So especially if you go to Ikea, those things are so hard to put together. I know if you have an engineer mind here and you're really good at putting stuff together, I'm not. So I have to look at like every direction, step one, step two, step three. And, uh, and, and you know, but, but there's been times where I've kind of, you know, gotten a little impatient and, uh, and, and try to put it together without looking at the instructions. Anybody ever done that before? All right. You're like, man, I, it can't be that difficult, man. You just, it's three pieces, right? We just got to connect it. And, and then you do it only to find out because you skipped a step, you didn't do it right. You got to go back and take it apart again. And, and, you know, it's just a mess. And, and sometimes because you didn't go to do it the way the instructions said, uh, it's going to take you longer to go back and put it together and take it apart. And as I was thinking about that, that's, that's a lot how life is with our relationship with God. Now, I want you to stay with me because God knows what is best for us. God has the perfect plan for our lives. Even though we are all different and unique and we have different personalities and gifts and, and so many different levels of, of, you know, different stages of maturity in our lives with him, the plan that he has for our lives, it is unique and it is what is best. And so when we try to do what only God can do with our lives, how many know we can mess some things up? And sometimes the plans that we have for our lives they collide with the plans that God has for our lives. How many times have you heard that said before? Man, I, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be this. I wanted to be that. And, uh, and now you're a preacher. You're an evangelist. You're doing something. It's like, I had this plan for my life. This is what I started out to do. But now God has put me on another course to do what he has for me. That's not a bad thing. That's actually a great thing because he knows what's best. The manufacturer, the, the creator of your life has the best plan for you. Come on, man. Somebody, somebody should get excited over that. You might say, Pastor, I don't feel like I'm walking it. It's okay. Life's not over yet. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. One man said this, the safest place to be is in the will of God. It's not the easiest, but definitely the safest. I read the scripture in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24. I don't know if you guys got the scriptures. Did we get, did we get the scriptures? The Lord directs our steps. So why try to understand everything along the way? I'm going to read this because I think it's, it's relevant for what we just, September 11th, we, uh, the memorial we celebrated yesterday, or I believe it was yesterday, yes, Friday, right? Friday. Yesterday. So I'm losing days here, man. I'm losing. A clam point man who was due to board the United, United Airlines flight 175 to Los Angeles Tuesday morning, overslept, and missed his flight by just minutes. And even though he rushed out of bed, grabbed a taxi, skipped breakfast, to get as fast as he could, he missed the flight by just minutes. Angry with himself, all he can do is watch the flight leave without him. Within an hour, the passenger jet that he should have been on was the second of two hijacked jets steered into the World Trade Center towers in Manhattan, killing everyone on board and possibly thousands in the buildings. Had he made it to the gate on time, 33-year-old Robert Corrigan would have certainly been killed as well. 
the Park Street native who now lives uh, on St. Mark's Road uh, has, has Corgan plans to hold on to the historic memento that might have been his death sentence if he had moved things along a little bit faster Tuesday morning. The actual ticket to that now tragic flight, United Flight. And as I'm reading that, how many times in our lives has God spared us that we have no clue? How many times has God kind of thwarted our plans? We had no clue what God is doing behind the scenes. And in those moments where we thought it should have happened this way, it should have been done this way. We should have seen by now what we thought we would see. God says, behind the scenes, I'm doing something you cannot understand at this moment. And he thought at that time that I missed my flight, but how, but how many know that that saved his life? You know, I, I think about the plan and that, that God has for my life. And I realized throughout the years that even though my plans don't seem always to line up with what God wants, that his plan is still the most important thing in my life. It's his purpose. It's my purpose that is linked to his plan because I think in life there is a lot of things that I want that are just not good for me. And God knows what's best. Proverbs 16, 9 says this, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. The reality is this, when God shuts one door, he opened another one for you. When you get laid off that job or that job uh, opportunity shuts down, there's another one waiting for you. When that relationship doesn't work out, some of you, you, you just were so disappointed and, and let down and discouraged because that one relationship you thought was it, it just didn't happen. God has something else for you. Can I get an amen to all the, sing all the single people in here? Can I get an amen? All right. <laughs> years back, I should say years back, it was about a year ago uh, in the pandemic, I, te I tested positive for COVID. It was around a year ago this time. And uh, I remember going to the hospital. Now, because I have a, a, a weakened immune because of kidney transplant, I'm a kidney transplant patient. Uh, you know, when I got it, I just felt like, man, this could be pretty bad. But I remember going to the hospital and uh, you know, they took me in. It was, it was right before the, the wave hit from, from like Thanksgiving and all of that. And so when I went into the hospital, it was kind of empty in there. So they took care of me. They, you know, I had like three or four nurses that were taking care of me. I was in the hospital for about a week. By the grace of God, God healed me, came out. Everything was fine. Come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm still here today. Praise God for that. But I remember thinking, man, like God, this did, didn't fit into my plan. Why did this happen? I mean, I get it. People are getting it, but I was so busy. There was so much going on. And, and then I started to look back and go, but what's, what was interesting about that is I caught COVID before the wave, meaning that I had all the attention I needed before all the masses started coming in. So in all reality, a bad thing got turned into a good thing because I was able to be taken care of up to the extreme level. And so I sometimes believe in our lives that there are things that God even allows that we don't like, we don't agree with, but it fits into his perfect plan for your life. Therefore, if it's his plan, it's my purpose. It's my purpose. Are y'all still with me this morning? Because trying to understand everything God is doing is not as important to me as walking in the direction God is leading me in. Or where he's taking me is not as important as what he's doing in me. Proverbs 20, 24, the Lord directs our steps. So why try to under, understand everything along the way? Sometimes the direction that God is taking you in, it does not line up with what you think in your mind is the destiny he has for you. The dream that God has spoken to you. How many here say, I got, God's given me something. God's put something in my spirit, in my heart to do something for him. Raise your hand. 
All right, come on, everybody raise your hand. He, God, God's giving you something. Sometimes the process doesn't line up. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. You ever been there before? Yo, God, why is this happening now? Why is this happening to me? This doesn't line up with what I thought, Lord, that you had for my life. Why is it going in this direction? You know, I, I think we can look throughout scripture and one of the guys that comes to mind is Moses. And, you know, when you think of Moses' life, here's a guy literally had a roller coaster of a life. I mean, from the beginning, from his birth, I mean, there was a, there was a, a, a decree sent out to kill all the babies. And, and it was, interesting enough, ironically enough, the man who put out the, the, the sentence to have the babies killed, the daughter of that man actually took him in to give him life. So he grows up in the palace and learning all of the Egyptian cultures and, and ways and literally walking like an Egyptian. If you guys know that song, right? He, walked, he literally learned how to walk like an Egyptian and live his life like an Egyptian, which brought such a great confidence in his life only to have it stripped because of a one act because of one bad decision you ever felt that way before because of one bad decision man I've lost so much one bad choice and so now going from the palace of 40 years of security and confidence now is thrust into the wilderness or the desert for another 40 years where now he's taking care of sheep, he's a sheep herder. And so from that point, you got 40 years, so 80 years of preparation in this man's life, only to go back into Egypt to rescue God's people. How in the world does that fit? How can you, how can you write that story out in your own mind to say, I know God has a plan for me. One day I'm gonna be the deliverer of God's people, but, but I can't see the road to get there. And 40 years in the desert, one man said this, is that God spent the first 40 years teaching Moses how to be a somebody. The next 40 years of life, how to be a nobody. And the last 40 years teaching Moses that God can use anybody. And, how, and, and that's the truth. God has ways of taking us through the different seasons that we may not understand to get us on the plan that he has for our lives. Therefore, if it's his plan, it's my purpose. Can I get an amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, his plan is my purpose. We can go on and on and look at all the men in the Bible and the different stories in the Bible that, that draw that picture out. And God used these men and women in the Bible, but if you look at their lives, there was such a, a, a struggle to get where God was taking them. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Listen, just because we don't understand everything God is doing in our lives doesn't relieve us from the responsibility of being faithful to him. Come on, man. We need to really grab a hold of that. A lot of people, we need, we need to know everything, every detail, every, every instruction to, to follow God. I need to know it has to be laid out for me to follow God. But listen, we may not understand everything. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches we will not understand everything. But that does not remove the responsibility from God, from us as God's people to stay focused on the plan that he has for our lives. That doesn't relieve us from the responsibility to remain faithful to him. Can I get an amen? To keep pressing forward, to keep striving to know him, to keep pursuing the call that he's placed on our lives 
keep fighting for what we believe in because I still believe today that God is going to do some great things in my life and in your life. Can I get an amen? Come on. Some of the greatest scriptures written in Bible were men and women who were going through horrendous sufferings and were speaking out in faith what God was going to do. I think of Job in Job chapter 23, verse 8 and 11. Look at this scripture. I love this. He says, I go east, he's not there. I go west, I cannot find him. I do not see him in the north, or for he is hidden. I look to the south, but he, he's concealed. But he knows where I am going. And when he has tested me, I will come out as pure gold. For I have stayed on God's path. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. Can I get an amen? He says, listen, I don't, I don't even have to see him, but I trust him. I may not get it. I may not understand it, but I know he knows where I'm at. And once I get through this, and once I get through this season, this struggle, this battle, this mind, this, whatever you're facing, this financial difficulty, once I get through it, I'm going to come forth as gold. I know that for a fact. Can't see him in this situation. My, my job and my relationships and we can go on. The, the cycle continues. And he even wrote this in, in Job 13, 15. Though he slay me, I will trust him. I mean, come on. This is a guy who has lost everything. His family, his business, his health. The only thing he didn't lose was his wife. <laughs> and he's probably like, man, Lord, can you take one more thing? No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, was just one more thing, Lord. I mean, just. It didn't seem to add up. But if you look at Job's life, God blessed him double in the end. Because see, just because we don't understand and we may not understand everything and we don't, the process doesn't really look like it's lining up with the vision or the dream. It doesn't matter. As long as we stay the course and trust him, God promises to get us where he needs to get us. Someone said this, if you think God has forgotten about you, then you have forgotten who God is. So what are some practical things that we can do today as God's people? I have a few more minutes here. Give me, give me about 15 more minutes. Is that okay? Let me give you a couple things this morning that will help us stay this course, to keep our focus on God's plan, not be diverted, because it's real easy today to get diverted. It's real easy to be distracted today. It's real easy to have focus pulled from what God has called us to do and to kind of slip away and, and get lost in the culture that we live in. And so let, let me give you a couple of three things today, the practical things that will help you stay focused on the plan God has for your life. Number one, remember what he's done in your life. Remember what he has done in your life. Psalms 77, 11 and 12 says this, Lord, I remember what you have done. I remember the amazing things you did long ago. I think about those things. I think about them all the time. You know what I found out? It's a lot easier to look at somebody else's life and see God blessing them than it is to look at your own life. Isn't, isn't that easy? I mean, we look on social media. And by the way, don't get caught and lost in social media because you've heard it said before. It, they're showing you your hot, their highlight reel and, and you're living in reality. And so you look at that and try to compare the two. It doesn't work. But it's so easy 
to look at somebody else, say, man, God is blessing them. Look at, look at all the things God is doing in their life. Look how God has blessed their marriage and their home and their finances. And we can really just build them up in in our mind in a very unhealthy way because then we start getting competitive and we start getting envious. And so we have to be careful with that. But, but in all reality, God has been good to you. He really has. He has been good. As a matter of fact, look at your name and say, God has been real good to you. He has been amazing to you. God is a good God. And God, and listen, he has blessed your life in so many ways. And so we can see these qualities in others, but the reality is God has blessed our lives. And a lot of times it's a, it's a struggle because we know us, right? I mean, we're like, God has to be annoyed with me because I'm annoyed with me, right? God, like, I'm an annoying person, so I know God must be annoyed with me. And, and a lot of times people look so down on themselves and, and, and they struggle with their own identity and who they are and their own personality. And a lot of times it's because of their upbringing, things that were said to them, things that were spoken over them that they just can't get it past their minds that somebody could actually love them. And somebody can actually use them and God, you know, has a plan for them. And, and so we can get down on ourselves and really hold it against us. And God's saying, I don't see you that way. God says, I don't look at man as man looks at man. I don't look at people the way people look at people. I look at the heart. But do you remember what God has done? You okay, Daisy, over there? All right, stop and do you need something? Coffee? Water? You good? You good? Okay. <laughs> Come on, give her a hand. She's, she's putting work in today. <laughs> God has been so good. You know, scientists say that one of the most powerful ways to remember is sense memory. Um, you know, they, they, the study suggests that smells have the most powerful way to trigger memories. So I don't know if you've, and, and, and you know, this is, this is absolutely true. Your mind is like a computer and all the data that's stored from as early as you can remember can be recalled so quickly. I, I remember walking to a store one time and I had, there, there was a fragrance that I smelled and it took me back to the third grade. <laughs> Anybody ever had that before, man? You, it just, it took me back to the third grade. I went to this, one of my friend's house and his house would just smell horrible. It smelled terrible. And, 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 and it triggered that. I even remember the guy's name. In the third grade, I go, this smells like so-and-so's house back in the third grade. It just triggered memories. Listen to certain music. Come on, that's why you play all those oldies and 80s. Why You want to remember all the good old days, right? They weren't the good old days. I'm telling you right now, they were not the good old days. But a song can trigger a memory. A smell can trigger a memory. How about like freshly baked chocolate chip cookies, man? I mean... That, that triggers a lot of memories, man. Psalm 77, Lord, I remember what you've done. Come on, you got to get this this morning. I remember those amazing things you did long ago. I think about those things all the time. Let me, let me tell you something. God has done some great things in your life. Do you remember them? Do you remember the prayers that you prayed that got answered? Do you remember him? How, how many prayers do you remember? How many? That's why journaling is so important. When God answers a prayer in my life, I write it down. I even put the date. So when I'm going through another difficult season, I go back to what he did before. And I read it again. Now, God, you did it then. I know you'll do it again. Yeah, yeah you spoke to me then. You gave me this word then. I know you're going to come through again. Do you remember 
What is going to keep us on course and on his path is remembering what God has done. I still remember sitting down with my wife at the dinner table when, you know, I had, I had kidney problems and, you know, it was pretty bad and I was getting close to getting on dialysis and, you know, everybody was trying to test for a perfect match and nobody was a match. And I remember sitting at the dinner table. I still remember this day and we're all sitting around, my kids and my wife and I'm getting ready to eat and she looks, she says, I, I have some news and you know, usually when someone says I got some news at the dinner table, it's not always good news, right? I'm going like, what? What happened? You know, that's the first response. What? What'd you do, right? It's the first reaction. She goes, I went and got tested and found out that I'm a perfect match for you to give you a kidney, you know? And I, I remember the tears flowing and the emotions that came with that. But I, but I remember that was God's goodness to me in that moment. Because I've been praying for a miracle. I've been praying for God to heal me. We had people praying for my miracle. And I didn't come the way I thought. Right? I, I've shared this before. I went to a Benny Hinckley crusade. Diga took me to a Benny Hinckley crusade. And we got front row. And I was like waiting in the front row going. And, and literally, like, like the Benny Hinn's here. I'm like right in the front. And I'm thinking, God orchestrated this because God's going to heal me today. I mean, the guy's looking right at me. <laughs> Thousands of people, and I'm right in the front. And you know what? I didn't get healed that day. But God had another plan, a better plan. <laughs> it wasn't an easier plan. Actually, a more painful plan. It was, it was a, little more, a lot more painful. But it was the perfect plan for me. Because... There are things that I learned along the way in that process that I would never have learned had I got the miracle quick. God's plan is always what's best. God has a perfect resume. Can I get an amen? Come on, I know I know we like to exaggerate on our resumes. We like to put things on there that are not true when you fill in that resume. Yeah. I'm like number 3 in the nation in sales and there's only five people in the sales department, but you're number three. Right? You, don't, you don't mention that, but we like to exaggerate. God doesn't need to exaggerate. His resume speaks for itself. Come on. God always shows up when he needs to, always does what he does. He has the perfect plan for our lives. But do you trust him with it? Can you remember and recall all that he's done in the past? That's how we stay focused on him. Let me, let me hurry up here. Remember what he's done in your life. Number two, repeat what we have learned. You know, Paul was one of the most bold speakers in scripture. And, you know, he says this, follow me as I follow Christ. Remember that? He says, follow me as I follow Christ. That is a bold statement. Because most of us here today would say, man, don't do what I do, man. Do what God says to do, man. Like, don't follow me. Follow, follow God, right? People, when people fall, make mistakes, like we're not supposed to be following man anyway, we're supposed to be following God. But the reality is that people have influence over our lives. And so Paul is saying, listen, I'm living in such a way. I am practicing what I preach. I am walking in what I have learned and living out what I have learned so that you can follow the pattern of my life. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. This is a guy who went through tremendous pain, rejection, suffering. I mean, read Paul's story, read his life story, shipwrecked and beatings. It's all kinds of things that he went through, but he stayed the course. He, he, he remembered what God had done and he repeated what he had learned. And as he learned and he grew in the Lord, he stayed consistent 
in his day-to-day living for God. Craig Rochelle said this. I thought this was a great statement. Successful people do what, what successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. And that's such a great, powerful statement. Paul said this to, to Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, 7. Don't waste your time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself. Matter of fact, look at Jeremy and say, start to train yourself. Time and time again, we retrain yourself. Put on your armor. Put on the armor of God and, and stand your ground and, and put on the, the weapons of, of, of warfare to fight against the enemy. What, what is he saying? He's not, he's not talking about righteousness as it pertains to salvation. That righteousness is a given by one only, and that's Christ. The righteousness in our lives is through Christ alone. That's why we're saved. His righteousness is imputed to our account. So when the Father sees us, he sees his Son in us. But godliness takes some work. Can I get an amen? You don't roll out of bed godly. Your righteousness, again, is linked to Christ, your relationship with Christ. But godliness has to be trained. It takes some discipline, some consistency. Can I get an amen? Consistency is the bedrock for a life that is fruitful. When we're consistent, the daily disciplines, the reading, the praying, and staying faithful to church, staying faithful to the the word, and you're building godly character. You're building, listen, uh, this, this lifestyle that relates to Christ. It takes training to be godly. It really does. Because, and, and Paul even talks about this. Listen, when I want to do good, what does he say? Evil's right there with me. In my inner being, I delight in God's law. I love it. But I find this other law warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into a prisoner of sin and death. Who shall deliver me from this body? Thanks be to Christ, our Lord, who delivers us. He says, but there's this battle going on every day. My spirit says yes, my flesh says no. And in order to walk in in the victory, to stay focused on the plan that God has for our lives, we have to really train our bodies to be godly. You can talk all day long about getting in shape, being healthy, and pray all day, Lord, make me healthy. Lord, I want to be healthy. Lord, help me get back in shape. Lord, help me. Nothing's going to happen if you don't go to the gym. Nothing's going to happen if you don't change your diet. Why? Because it takes practice, discipline, consistency to bring about the plan that God has for your life. You know, what's interesting is that I look back years ago and and what God is doing here now. And let me just rewind 30 years ago to give you a little recap. You know, we still had midweek services. We still had Sunday morning services. You know, I have pictures of Omar and my daughter, Shatara and Danielle, uh, in, in the nursery, they're little babies. We still had Saturday morning prayer meetings. We still had outreaches. Sound familiar? Not a lot has changed. <laughs> we still had small groups. We called them, we called them sheepfolds back then. Today they're called life groups. Just changed the name, same thing. Different, different vibe, different culture, of course. But the consistency of just showing up doing what we know to do, what we have learned to do, gave room for God to do what only he can do. Don't ever minimize the consistency and the dedication to the little things that God has asked us to do in our lives. Remember, repeat, 
what we have learned. And let me close with this. We can call the worship team up here. Let me close with this. I'll, I'll, I'll cut this a little shorter here. So we remember what he's done in our life. We repeat what we have learned. And lastly, we, we, we reinforce what we know. Reinforce what we know. That is a lot easier said to done, than done today in this culture. Pandemic, politics, social media. Um, it's interesting that this culture promotes freedom of expression, yet shreds you to part when you actually do it. Right? You have to say what you feel and speak your mind and say what's on your heart and be who you are. And then when you do it, you get ripped to shreds for it. A culture today that pushes behavior modification where scripture teaches spiritual transformation. And somehow the truth has become like an enemy to compassion when actually they work together. Stay with me. They support each other. Jesus said this, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. There was so much compassion in that because people were bound. It's like a wounded animal or someone that's uh, an animal that's been hurt or broken leg or if you ever had an animal that's hurt and and you're trying to help the animal, the animal's ready to bite you. Why? Because it feels like you're a threat because they're wounded. All you're trying to do is help them. This world is wounded. And any truth that we give, scriptural truth is going to feel like a threat. But we have to live out. We have to reinforce what we know. We can't shy away from it. Can I get an amen? We can't shy away from the truth. We can't, we can't move away from it. Because it is the truth that is going to save their lives. It's the truth that's going to set them free. But let me give you the best portion of reinforcing that in your lives. It's living it out. It's not saying do what I say. It is do what I do. And the reason why I'm saying this last point is to reinforce what we know The great way to do that is live it out. You know why Jesus was so powerful in in what he did? Not only because he was the son of God and the word made flesh and he lived among us. We know that, John chapter 1. But what made him so powerful is that everything he did, he lived it. When he spoke, it was coming from a place of absolute character and integrity. He walked it out. The best way to reinforce what we know is to live it out. We live it first. And as we live it, as we walk, then we can say, as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Reinforce what we know. Let me, let me go on in there. Second service, I'll go a little bit more into that. But I, I just want to be gracious because I want to pray for some people. Today. Let's bow our heads in reverence to the Lord today. We, we, listen, God has a plan for every one of us here. He does. He has a plan for our lives. That has not changed. You watching online on on. Uh, Facebook and and on YouTube right now, listen, God has a plan for your life. He's not forgotten about you. No matter what season of life you're in right now, and we're all in different seasons of our lives, he's not forgotten about you. The plan is still there. The responsibility on our part is to make his plan our purpose and say, Lord, I'm with you. I'm with you, God. I'm I'm going wherever you want to go, wherever you want to lead, I'm with you. I'm going to remember 
what you have done in my life. If I have to journal it, write it down, keep notes, whatever, I'm going to write down and remember all the things you've done in my life. I'm going to repeat what I have learned, all the things that I learned as a disciple, all the things that I've learned in church, all the things I've learned from your word. I'm going to put it into practice. I'm going to live it out and reinforce what I know. I'm going to live what I preach and I'm going to preach what I know. And it doesn't matter what the circumstance looks like. If I stay on this course, then I know you will get me where you need to get me. You will do what you you always do. Bring out the best. So Father, this morning we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the spirit that is here, your Holy Spirit that is in this house. Lord, your, your presence is what we long for. Your plan for our life is what we yearn for, Lord. It is our highest purpose. It's not a matter of of me getting my way or us getting our way. It's a matter of whatever your way is, Lord, we want to get on board with that. And so this morning, I just pray your Holy Spirit begin to move through this room, touching hearts, touching hearts, touching lives. If you're here today and you're not a believer, you don't know the Lord. Every eye closed for a moment. I just want to pray with some folks. You're here, you don't know the Lord. But you say... I need to give my life. I'm ready to respond to the word. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Anybody here at all say, Pastor, that's me. I want to give my life over to the Lord. I want to respond. I don't want to keep going in this direction, God. Anybody at all? Anybody? Raise your hand. Okay. All right. I can't see back there, but okay. All right. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. We love you this morning. We love you, Lord. We love you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many feel you? God spoke to you today. Look, God spoke to you. All right. So I want to take a few moments here. God loves you so much. He really does. He loves you so much. He hasn't forgotten about you. He really hasn't. And the plan for for your life that he has for you. What you're going through right now, it, it, it may not line up with what you think should connect to the plan. That's okay. Because even like Solomon said, I, you know, God's going to take care, lead the direction of what he has for my life, so why worry about it? And, and, and I'm not making light of not being responsible. I, I think we have to be careful with that because with that mentality of, well, if God's going to do it anyway, it doesn't really matter what I do. That's not what I'm saying. Because we have a huge responsibility as believers on our part to stay the course and, and to do what we know to do. But what I'm saying simply is this, is that the plan that God has for your life, it may not line up with what you think what you're going through right now matches. And in that moment, those three things that I touched on, if you will just put those into practice, God will help you stay on the path. So I'm going to open this altar right now. If you feel like you say, you know what, pastor, I just, I need to get back to some of that because I've forgotten. My life has been so spun out of control, spun. It just got me in a whirlwind of things going on in my life that I've actually lost focus that God can even use me anymore or that God still wants to use me or the plan that God has for my life has been diverted because some of the decisions I've made. And I mean, we can go on and on with excuses, but if you say that's me, pastor, I just, 
I want to get back on track, man. I want to make sure that I'm walking on the best path that God has for my life. I want you to come to the altar now. This altar is open as we worship together. I, I look at it. I'm gonna pray over you, but I want you to come and just fall on your knees before God and say, God, I'm ready to make some changes. I'm ready to get back. I want to get back on the path that you have for me. I want to get back in moving in the direction that you have for me. This altar is open. Come now. And let's pray and worship together. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.